I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hello. Hello. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad to be relaxing and about to talk about books. Because <laughs> my day has been, like it shouldn't have been hellacious, but it literally ended up being hellacious at a point. We barely talked today, so I knew you were busy. Yeah, um, so I told you we wanted to go somewhere for my birthday, which is in like two and a half months, and we were going to specifically go international. Anyways, I have spent all day getting our youngest babies, Penelope, her little passport stuff. And there's literally, there are so many steps. Graham and I had to go together. We had to get crap printed out. We don't have a laptop or a printer. So, uh, we've just, we went to the UPS store. We had to get passport pictures taken at Walgreens. We had to go to, um, a, we had to go on campus at a college and find parking, which was like next to impossible. Get this place. And we get there in Penelope. We're, we're like 30 minutes before they close. We forgot her social security card. So Graham's like oh. flying home to the house. Oh Tad and Lucille are like crying that they're hungry. And of course, it's 2.30 <laughs> and they hadn't had lunch. And it was just <laughs> it the worst. Was so stressful. So the passport office was on campus. So, yeah, it's like they have, I guess, a bunch of them, but you had to have appointments, and there's like no appointments online. And so this was like one of the only walk in places. Oh so, yeah, gosh. it's literally like in the student union. It was, it's fine. It's done now, but it <laughs> took some years off my life. Let us pray that it comes through on time. I'm I'm surprised they let her keep her little hair bow on in her picture. <laughs> I said the exact same thing. So, so Graham, who went, went inside to get her uh, the pictures taken at Walgreens, and he said there was like a big, like they had like a very specific things. So like they held her up the first time she on a pink little dress, and they're like, oh, she can't wear that. And the only thing I had was that blue rash guard. So you know she's wearing like something ridiculous. But he said like it was very specific. Like you can't have this, can't have this. So. They allowed it. Better than if she had to, like, be draped in a three T-shirt or something. (laughs) The only other option was Taz Blue Rush card. So she, you know, she could have looked worse. It's all good. It's all good. She still looks cute. Yeah, we had kind of a crazy day. Like, we just, it it was good. But we had two different play dates. Like, it's our... (sighs) Echo basically starts school in like four days. It's crazy. And I'm just like trying to shove in as much fun for her and like freedom and friend time. And so we went to the park with friends and then we had friends come over. I've decided that I'm really not a fan of the at home play date with multiple children. It's just crazy. I mean, at least not in my home. It was really, it was nuts. And these kids are totally fine. It wasn't them. It was just like, it's a lot. I haven't had like an in-home play date actually in in such a long time because now the kids are like, they don't want to, especially at our own house, that our kids don't even like our toys. Like they have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. whenever another child like has the toys, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. But like normally they don't give a crap, so. Well, I just feel like they they all bicker more and fight more because the other kids are interested in the fresh toys. 
And then, yeah, your kids are like, for real, that's what you want to play with? What about me? You know? And so, and then it's like, oh, but this is my toy. Like, I know what? you like this special toy. I haven't touched in nine months, but it's actually something I got for Christmas. Or so, And I'm like, please. Yeah, exactly. Stingy. But Anyways. I, neither here nor there. I will say it was very cute. Uh, Lorelai met a little girl named Lorelai at the park, and they hit it off like gangbusters. <laughs> And she was even like, oh, I hope that little girl comes to the beach tomorrow. We have twin names, you know. And I'm like, oh. It's like you. exactly like, do you remember on Recess where there's the Ashleys? Yeah. <laughs> there's like all the, I don't know, but they're all, of course, the, the bad girls. So except for Spinelli. Great. Anyways. <laughs> it's time for the Bridgerton Breakdown Part 2. Yes. So we have got, let's see, we've got Eloise. We've got... Francesca, we've got Hyacinth and Gregory. I, my, I'm at the very end of this. I want us to go through like who are top, like our top eight, like first to last, because Mm -hmm. I love this last bunch. I enjoyed them so much. I think it was, it was so good because instead of three men, you have three women. (laughs) Well, the storylines were the three, it's, not only that there are three men, but it's like three men that are mm-hmm. very similar. Very similar. Yeah. They don't ha- like their hobbies are not like, you know, like if one was like a ship captain or, mm-hmm. you know, like have like a big difference, like, but they are all so they're too similar. And all the girls were very different and all like yeah. went off on their own. And anyways, we'll get there, but very totally. fun. That verse. Well, <clears throat> I'm so happy that we're starting with just Sir Philip with love, which is Eloise's story. Because I think that's my favorite of all eight. That's my favorite book. That one is my second favorite. Very, very close. I love yeah. Eloise. So, yes. Do do we do a – I'm trying to think. Do we want to do a quick breakdown for each book before or just go over I'd our – I'd say let's just dive right in. Okay. So, I mean, we talked about this pretty extensively already, like, in text messages. But I think you hit the nail on the head that this book is so good because, one – it takes place outside of London and outside of like the typical um, fets and like you get more realism of mental illness and grief and step parenthood and all of these things that just add a different flavor to it. Yes. Um, Eloise's is really like the first book that it kind of hits, like feels serious. Like what I told you, was it like Daphne uh, and also um, Anthony, they kind of get married on like a uh, technicality where it's like, oh, they kind of got caught um, kissing in the garden or, you know, some little bizarre little thing where it's like when you're in Eloise's book, Philip, who is like her love interest, has re- like it starts off with his wife um has a very severe mental illness and like depression especially like after she has her children and she commits suicide so yeah it starts off like super heavy but it really is like one of one of the few things that like in today's time that we're like okay i kind of get that where it's like kissing in the garden nowadays like yeah you know not a big deal yeah and i really like eloise a lot um i feel like making her book more serious is probably a good uh, tactic for Julia Quinn because I could see how she could come off as ridiculous or overwhelming in other scenarios because she's so 
she reminded me of someone kind of like with ADHD like she's a little all over the place and she is a little frenetic in her energy where she latches onto something and goes so hard into that one thing and I think even there's like a moment in her in this book where her mom is just like yeah you've always just been a lot but I love that about you and it's like kind of a I mean she takes it as like a backhanded compliment but I totally get it yes she she is probably my favorite of all the heroines I think um definitely my favorite sister she had there were times where I would see myself in her and then there were times that I'm like okay I'm not exactly like this but I want to be like this like there was a lot of like oh you're special um okay I also this was one of the few storylines that had so many siblings in there um once you pretty much like this one it had um all four of her brothers uh, mentioned Daphne and Francesca well it mentions all of them but the four brothers are like there and like I was like wow that's one of the only times usually in each book there's maybe like one sibling maybe two but this one like you know was pretty prominent with a lot of Bridgertons okay so well what the whole thing what it really starts at is that she (laughs) Colin and Penelope just got married right and Mm -hmm. so they're celebrating and she just up and leaves. She has been corresponding with Philip for, I think maybe at this point it's like a year or so. And it's just so culturally out of the norm. She literally leaves a note and she just like drives off into the middle of the night. And no that one really was where crazy. she's at. Yeah. <laughs> like no one found the note. Like there's, I think there's like a, somehow like a miscommunication. And I think she's there for like two solid weeks and no one has a clue. And one of the things that I kind of didn't get is that she makes it sound like in the book that she's surprised they have to get married or it's just like, you know, like she's kind of like resigned to it at a point and she's like, okay, like I really do like him. He's honorable. He's handsome. He's hardworking, but she's like caught off guard. And I'm like, girl, what time are you living in? Like you're 28 years old. I will say it is crazy how infantilized you are at like age 28 that you're still living with your parents you are not allowed to go anywhere without telling, you know, what's going on, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, she should have known. Like, technically, they're completely un uh, chaperoned. But uh, well, I, I, mean, I think living that in this man's house, that's what I'm kind of yeah. like, you know, even if you were like, it would be a big deal. Like you said, unchaperoned. If you're not unchaperoned, like walking around or something, but literally to be living with this man for a short period of time. And then I love the scene where all the brothers show up and they're like, you know, they're fixed, like beat him to a pulp because he's like dishonored their sister, which he hasn't, but you know, I, I guess right. in their opinions, it's like, the okay, meat. well, <laughs> yes. Whiff of a scandal. I think in Eloise's defense, I think that she thought she could get away with just going and then coming back and no one being the wiser. And I almost feel like that's why she did it. So spur of the moment. Because it was like, okay, Lady Whistledown's gone, right? Because Penelope's just revealed herself. So who the heck else is going to figure this out? Nobody knows this guy. I know, but you, I mean. It's still the, the screw nuts, me, right? I'm but, coming home. It's like, very, but you know what? I guess that kind of does show she can be very impulsive. Yes. And just like yes, yes, yes. does things about like the. The, the follow or thinking of the follow through mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think of sir philip honestly i loved him he he's not someone that i would marry according to the personality 
Um, not exactly my type, but I really kind of, I felt for him. There was like a, towards the end, there's like a scene where she's really just like, she's fallen in love with him. And I believe he's fell in love with her, but he hasn't really said it. And she's just kind of like, you know, I just don't know if like, this is going to work out uh, in the sense that like, she needs more from him. And it like mm-hmm. hurts him so much because of his previous wife was so just like absent in the marriage. And it was just kind of like a thing where he, he felt no love from her. He, he had to kind of like balance, like being a baronet, taking care of his land, taking care of his children, taking care of his wife and like never having, you know, anything. And so he gets really, that, that scene where he gets really like, you know, what, like this is better than anything I've ever had. So it hurts me when you say things like that. I really like I had to stop the book for a second, like because <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, the, the I, moments. I loved his gentle giant kind of side, and I also love. I thought it was very refreshing that he was like a little awkward. He wasn't super debonair. He was very handsome, but he also like was very into like, his niche interests, and like he actually had a personality. Even if it wasn't like the suave, smooth Bridgerton brothers, you know, who are almost picture perfect, little like happy-go-lucky, whatever. Um, Yeah, his personality was much more distinct than the other men so far. And then I also thought it was very realistic that after they got married, he's just like in wedded bliss, thinks that this new life and he's like, you know, in his garden all day long coming home and sleeping with his wife every night he just thinks it's like the absolute best marriage and Eloise is just like stewing he's so angry literally nothing and he's like okay you you be the mother to my eight-year-old twins who are actual hellions and she's just like what but I actually felt like that was really pretty realistic and like for the character especially I'm like yeah I could totally see this just dense a little dense absolutely he's still he was he's funny i loved too like she mentions in the book like how uh, eloise talks about like how really like nobody has like a purpose or they don't have to work or anything like nobody in like in the town and how she loves that he like is going out every day in his greenhouse and like how he's he's you know kind of like a laborer of sorts and like how it's just like refreshing that he is so individualistic and I'm like wow much like her who's like um, you know she's 28 but it's not that and she's not married but it's from her own choosing which is such a you know unique thing like she turned down many offers where like poor little Penelope never even had a single one you know so it's like <laughs> it was her, of her own volition totally all right should we move on to Francesca um yes let's do it this is Francesca is very interesting. This book is like burned into my brain because it's split. So it's just divided into two parts in my mind in a big way. Um, I actually really started liking this book and then I, I still enjoyed it. But this is the smuttiest book of the entire series. And it like threw me for a loop a little bit i'm like dang julia (laughs) like okay girl i so before we started this i told you i've read 18 of julia quinn's books 
this is by far the most erotic of them all. She, so to, for starters, we know basically nothing about Francesca. In Eloise's right. book, it's revealed that she was married six years before and um, she's a widow. So she's not present in anyone's book. She lives in uh, Scotland. Even in like the, where was she at in the earlier siblings' books when she would have been like 14, 15, mm. 16? I'm like, where is she? I don't know. In the show, it's like, oh, she's visiting her aunt in Bath. <laughs> Whatever. Almost, to me, it's like, what's even the point of having this character? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this like weird invisible character. It seems like she's the black I, sheep. Well, I got why. Because, okay, in a, in a family where there's eight siblings, there will be a black sheep, if not more than one. But she went a little too hard with making Francesca just, a complete enigma complete right i mean there's just like no memories there's nothing i just was very even well, and her and eloise Elo- are like 18 months apart yeah they're one year apart and I, it was just i just kind of kept being like why, why are you not here or, right and the book too the, the entire book takes place in scotland every other book of course takes place in england so and i didn't mind the change it just was very strange because we we knew nothing of her yeah. So yeah. So little old Franny, we find out she's been. Let's see. She's married. What was his name? Oh my gosh, John. Yeah, something like she that. Married, right. She marries an Earl. Um, she's with him for two years. He and his best friend is also his cousin slash heir. If you know they don't have a child, Michael. Mm-hmm. This is a. I the three way friendship thing. I'm just kind of like. we've never experienced that i was not totally sold on believing it but when i reframe francesca herself who obviously does not have friends like she doesn't she's a very for whatever reason she is a peculiar person i couldn't understand why she was so peculiar like there's no she's a little she's a little snooty Maybe. Yes, and the book kind of talks about like how she doesn't like the, like how she enjoys being with her family, but for like short periods of time. Like she needs her own space. Right. She doesn't like the loud, the Very overtness. Introverted. Yeah. But so yeah, I guess you're right, but I just kind of because like you know one of the opening scenes is like her and the cousin like strolling down the way, and she's like, "Tell me something wicked," because the book's called like right. "When He Was Wicked." <laughs> Again, worst titles ever. But I know. But I just was like, I can't imagine asking somebody about their like sexual dalliances, and you know what I mean. Like, she's definitely a flirty girl, and I, you know, and I have had a friendship where like I was very close to someone, and my husband was very close to some our friend Mitch. But I was friends with Mitch first, and then I like introduced him to my husband. And so in that way, that always worked for us. Like, we were really good friends, but not in this way. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, it almost crosses a line to me. But but anyways, of course, in the book, it's like, Michael loves her so deeply and she doesn't have mm-hmm. a clue. That's another thing where I'm like, your best friend slash the man that has known you his whole life, uh, aka John, your first cousin and bestie, who's your age. Like, you know, wouldn't you not pick up on these vibes? I I mean, I, I guess he tried to hide it. Like, he definitely... And I maybe John skeptical. did, but then it was like, what is he going to do? Call him out? I don't know. I guess that's true. Why? Why would he? <sighs> it's 
so she you- dies. I'm like, right. What, what? What? He leaves for something. Oh, and she's pregnant. She, yes. The, of course. I was literally like, how is this going to work out if she has this mm-hmm. child? But alas, I think, is this maybe our first miscarriage in all the series? Yeah, I think so. Well, and Francesca kind of deals with fertility in this book in general. Like, yeah. that's kind of something that haunts her heart. So that makes her different, too, because she's one of eight. And then all of her siblings have, like, billions of children. Actually, stood when I was reading this, of course, because I went through some infertility. It's like, one in eight is this, this statistic for people. So I was like, of course. Like, <laughs> it must be present. <laughs> anyway she did her research well um so yeah he dies she loses the baby michael leaves for like india for several mm-hmm. years he inherits the um earldom and they don't see each other and she also why does she despise him she despises him for some reason or other well she comes to him after um her husband's death and and he's basically ghosted her because he just cannot he's mourning but he also just like can't handle being around her because i think she really wants comfort in like a brotherly fashion and he can't give that to her because of millions of reasons he's kind of a jerk about it and she comes to him but she's also asking for a lot she's asking for him to basically step in and be like her sexless spouse for a little while you know and like it's something that you would normally ask like a sister to do for you of like hey can you just come and be with me you know and i i kind of get why he doesn't want to do that and he doesn't feel comfortable doing that i guess that's true and i know that he kind of goes like in when it's you know his little chapters where it's like oh this is like my best friend mm-hmm. slash like closest uh relative like how could i like marry this woman like i'm dishonoring his memory so, yeah, I get it, but yeah. Well, this, <laughs> basically, once he gets back, they very quickly like are attracted to each other, and then they end up like kissing, and then she immediately runs away to Scotland, and he follows her there. And I felt like, I mean, I didn't love this part because he <laughs> he was basically bound and <laughs> determined to impregnate her, so she had to. <laughs> him and i'm just like from her perspective i kind of get like wanting to sow your wild oats or whatever but it was just a lot and he's so deliberate in it and i'm just like that's so he was just like plotting it even beforehand he was like oh i i'll have to seduce her like for sure i'll have to seduce her and then she'll have to marry me it was very calculated it is Um, not just in this book julia quinn i mean i guess it probably it probably really was a thing in the past where it's like you know once you sleep with someone like Mm -hmm. a man you know what i'm saying right for your honor it's like you must you must marry this person so like they're you know definitely forcing the hand like okay it is time to back up a little bit though i did like the way that colin showed up in this book i felt like that kind of colored in colin's personality a little bit especially because this book is happening at the exact same time as the penelope colin book and so i like the perspective of him like calling michael out and kind of pushing him towards just getting it over with you know you know what? 
I completely forgot about that part. You are absolutely right. Yeah, Colin. We he I actually trashed, put on his big boy pants for once and did something useful. <laughs> I trash talked him a few times or a lot actually in the first part. He redeems himself in book eight for me, so we will get there. But mm-hmm. he definitely does have some like he he improves the charmer. Yes. You know, perhaps he may not be, but he definitely does pick up his sorry, whiny personality. Well, and Michael and Colin are supposed to, like, have very similar personalities, but I felt like she did a better job fleshing that out in Michael for whatever reason. Right. Well, it's not because we don't hear him whining 24-7 and, like, <laughs> you know, true. like, Francesca, you're so much better than me at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah. Let's see. So, yeah, they go home. They sleep together. What got me is he immediately the next day is like, okay, Franny, first of all. Every time it said Franny, I just was like, (laughs) the worst nickname ever. But anyways, he's like, okay, Franny, well, let's go get married. And she's like, "Um, yeah, I don't really think I want to do that or I'm still thinking about it. And I, I did not expect that. I honestly was like, what? Like, it really took me off guard. And, and Michael, too, in the book, is like, um, like, what are you talking about? Like, we just slept together. It is now time for us to get married. And she's just kind of like, yeah, I'm not really sure about that. Yeah, and she definitely does not have – I mean, she likes him a lot. It was it was all – she always went back to, like, but, but Michael, how could it be? And I'm just like, there's just no way, honey. You knew that you always thought he was hot. It's okay if you think somebody's hot, if you're married to somebody else. That's fine. You never acted on it. You had like a little flirty kind of friendship, but it's not that far. Like, it's not a far stretch. I think that she she just seems like kind of a little bit of a stick in the mud almost. Do you know what I mean? I like completely it needs to be agree. her way. Yeah. But yeah. that is why the there's a scene where she goes and takes absolute control and that right. was shocking. I you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was just like, what? Because Who she's, is she? <laughs> right. Where she seduces him and she is just she turns the tables in a very unexpected way. I don't remember in the epilogue of this book, does she finally get pregnant or no? Yes, she does. I okay, okay. Good. this okay. ended up being my third favorite book, and that definitely had a part of it too, where at the very, very so you know, of course, she she gets mm-hmm. a Michael. Um they in, in every single book, they both fall in love with one another. That's kind of like, of course, that's like the the little premise of each book. It's like at some point they'll be in love. And yeah, and so she ends up they get married and she's visiting her family and all of her siblings have like tons of kids like just innumerable amounts and one of them she's actually shot because it's like they've been married two years and they've got two kids and she's like how is this possible and then yeah she finds out they have a single child and she comes home and she surprises violet with him and i i sobbed i definitely did cry Okay, I'm glad that was like been like erased from my memory for some reason. Okay, the next book was actually one of my maybe my third favorite. It was It's in His Kiss, which may be the worst title <laughs> of all of them. I don't know. It reminds me of like a Shania Twain song. There, honestly, I was on Julia Quinn's website. They're all bad titles. The titles are all 
One of the titles is Manx. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh, I cannot. But you know what? She's still she's still stacking that cash. I know. I'm like, honey, I will read every book. Name it whatever you want. I'm here, but I'm, <laughs> I'm still going to mock you for this. <laughs> so Hyacinth caught me off guard. I kind of expected her to be high strung and nosy because they had hinted that hyacinth i feel like comes up a lot in the other books yeah so i this was something i was going to bring up it's weird so between um anthony to eloise i feel like they talked about all of them a lot but to me i'm they mentioned hyacinth a lot in let me see eloise is not eloise is but- it Colin's Anthony book. Anthony is more like a figurehead after his own book. Kate comes yes, in. Yes. But he's just like more like well, looming in the background. Well, I guess I mean like the like the, the upper five are all very intertwined yeah. with one another. Yeah. And there is like an 18 year gap between Anthony and Hyson. Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like like there's like in in Eloise's book, she talks about like Gregory. Gregory's only like let's see six or eight years younger than her and he like comes and he's trying to like defend her and she's like you know like go change your diaper or something right. and i was like, <laughs> like you know like they it's almost like they you have know, no relationship with one another right there's there's well especially because eloise would have been living in the house with him the entire time yeah. although they do go to like boarding school and stuff yeah like that's true the men are never there yeah like they, they don't come home till like 22 23 then they get bachelor lodging <laughs> so uh, for better or worse, I saw myself in Hyacinth so much, and I mean her flaws and her positives. Like, she is such a little busybody know-it-all, and I just kind of loved that about her. And even though I found Gareth, her love interest, a little embarrassing, like some of the stuff that he would say, I'm like, oh, gosh, please stop. <laughs> It was the line where it's like, yes, Gareth, or no, Gareth. (laughs) Like, he would talk about himself in the third person, and I'm like, sir. And it mentions several times that he has, like, a, like, light brown hair with, like, a ponytail. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking about your fifth grade picture, honestly. (laughs) It's me. It me. I'm Gareth and Hyacinth. Love Get on child. Her Instagram to see Kevin's <laughs> fifth grade picture where she claims she looks like a founded father. <laughs> and I used to wear my hair every day in like a tight little bun at the base of my neck. So that <laughs> Oh man. And that day I'm like, you know what? For the picture, I'm gonna take it down. I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna see my full mane. Um but anyway, I did like that Hyacinth's book. They really do have a friendship at first. So I liked that. I liked that um, Lady, oh, what is Danbury. her name? Yes, I like love the Lady Danbury stuff. And I also really kind of liked the little caper part of it. Like that there's kind of a little underlying mystery type thing. It was fun. I agree, and I also I enjoyed this book a lot too. This one was one of the um, more interesting because they're definitely, like you said, there's like something to be solved. Lady Danbury, almost all of Julia Quinn's like characters have like tons of wit and humor, but maybe not as scathing. <laughs> and it's just like absolutely ready to read you to feel like Lady yes. Danbury. So, gotta love her for that. 
Yeah, I really liked it. And um, I'm trying to think of like standout moments from the book. Um, Gareth. Oh, yeah, that he finds out that he, like his uncle is actually his father and all that stuff. I will say that when someone is just so purely evil as his, who he thinks is his father is in this book, I'm just like, do people really be this nasty and like terrible to their own flesh and blood, no matter who he is? I mean, well, in book two, or no, book three, we had Sophie, who was literally like a servant for her um, stepmother. So I think people truly are, or can be that cruel. You know, you hear about it in the news, but it's just unusual. I know. So I'm trying to think. So Gareth, yeah, he had his like traumatic upbringing. Lady Danbury was his grandmother. He catches them reading together. Do they go to the Smile Smith Quartet? Am I? They do. This. They do. Yeah. I, I gotta put a plug. The Smythe Smiths, um, the Smythe Smiths have a like um, a four book series that Julia Quinn writes that's really really good and was really fun that I would definitely recommend for anyone that finishes Bridgerton and needs uh, something else fun to read. Yeah, I mean, even though at the very beginning they have a little bit of like contemptuousness, it's mainly because Hyacinth is so sassy. I, I just found it refreshing they actually like each other and get along kind of from the get-go. Yeah, most, maybe not, almost all the books, definitely there's like a, a build-up mm-hmm. to to even liking one another, like you said. Like right. It's not just like <laughs> falling in love, but like there's there's a process. So yeah, so right away I'm trying to, what are they trying, they get a, she has to translate a letter from a, Italian from his grandmother. Yeah, it's it's her diary. So he basically is all of a sudden his father's heir, which he thought he was going to get nothing. And he's like this big playboy around town. Of course, they all are. Um, and then... He, I think Go he's ahead. also supposed to be like a impoverished one, though, right? Am I yeah, this? yeah. Like, like he literally he has, he has, he has almost something. I mean, his dad cut him off to the point where I think that Lady Danbury was the one that sent him to school. Yeah, a couple of different times in the books, um, she does different little things. Like she includes, like you know, future and uh, pieces of information. So one of the other books, she talks about him. Well, I think maybe he's like Saint Sinclair or something or other, and like talks about like how. He's not worthy for any of them to marry. I think maybe it's Eloise or mm-hmm. something. Because he's so poor and so, of course, never brought him back up. I was like, wait a minute. I remember this character. So I love how she kind of intertwines them. But, yeah, he's poor. They find out there's jewels hidden in the house. And he's got to break into his father's house, right? And, like, yeah, locate the said jewels and earn his... uh. Right. And throughout that, they kind of fall in love. And um, I liked that it it brought up because Hyacinth was like in her third season or something. And she's like, crap, am I ever going to get married? And somebody brings up something about how like she ends up pushing away everyone who actually interests her, which I thought was a very interesting thing about her personality. And the fact that she does almost start to do that with him, too. Like, as soon as she becomes actively interested in him 
like who's teasing her about liking him to begin with and she's like well i don't like no absolutely not even though in her heart she's like he is fine uh, <laughs> right um probably what's penelope's sister's name oh yeah felicity felicity that's right is that one of your favorite names? Do you know I, I love the name Felicity, <laughs> and I really wish that Francesca was named Felicity and Felicity was named Francesca. I just think it's a better name. Just saying. Um, yeah, liked this book. Did not love the epilogue as much. Like, I did think it was... Did the, Okay, this is what I couldn't remember. Did they find the jewels? I know they searched. Her daughter finds them in, like her oh. bathroom like underneath a tile but in the oh. original epilogue she finds him takes him out and then puts him back and like never tells her mom and then later oh. in like the the further epilogue the second epilogue she ends up like figuring out that they're looking for them in the first place and stages them um one thing that's <laughs> it's a little hard for me to believe when anybody in this time period only has two children and they have a boy and a girl listen that is something that i think about all of the time because of course not everybody is insanely fertile and you right. know like i think it's gregory has like nine kids or something yeah. but a lo- almost every other one they have like four to five and i'm yeah. kind of thinking the same thing where i'm like has well, have well- you- do y'all know more about birth control than everyone else in the time period? Or exactly. Because there's no, I mean, there's like a big risk with having lots of children. Anyway, so that kind of irked me. I mean, I think I literally think that's why I didn't love the epilogue because I was like, wait, they only got two kids. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Not. Please, these people are all too horny. They're literally <laughs> like the whole freaking premise of the book is like how passionate <laughs> they all are for one another. Like, no. Whatever. for real for okay. real before we finish on them so other than your thoughts on gareth and his like terrible words choices <laughs> did you like him I, he was he was fine yeah he, i literally can remember nothing about this man i was thinking about this i'm like what like so many of the characters really do stand out to me he is not mm-hmm. one i'm like other than him being poor yeah and a bit snarky i think i'm like what else was there I mean, the main thing that sticks out to me is that he really loved his grandmother and he doted on her for no real good reason. Like he wasn't getting anything out of it, but her company. Um, But yeah, he was just kind of another one of the rakes. Like he was the another one of the handsome rakes. He really fell in line with the rest of the Bridgerton men to me. So not the best, not the worst. I mean, really? When I think about it, and we're about to talk about Gregory. Gregory is another like vanilla person to me. <gasps> yeah, I, I know you love him, How but I'm just like, do you have you? a personality, sir? Honey, he he got am, me by the end. <laughs> I am ready to fight for Gregory. <laughs> but to me, even though maybe he wasn't like my absolute favorite, Philip was the one that like the one of the only ones that really stands out strongly do you know what in a lot of ways he reminds me of jared so that makes sense to me. yeah <laughs> so, yeah i'm just like go. oh you're so and he's just so different than everybody else i'm like okay i remember you for sure but yeah michael gareth very very similar right very similar very hmm, whatever yeah okay definitely. so i am sad you feel this way about gregory <laughs> what gregory's book is another what is the title um on the way to the wedding 
Okay. Okay. That's right. Um, so I, in book seven, we hear a lot about Gregory and I loved him so much because he's like teasing Hyacinth like crazy, like over the top. And mm-hmm. whenever I was like, whenever I was like reading it, I was like, oh man, like I cannot wait. Like, pen- or Colin let me down. So right. I was hoping that he <laughs> could kind of like pick up. And I enjoyed him so much. He felt so much more boyish. Even, I guess, almost all the male characters, they don't really get married till like, 27, 29, right. somewhere between there. And those those couple of years made a big difference between Collins, like, 33. Because the whole time, I just was, I loved Gregory. I loved Lucy. Um, uh, who, was that? who was Lucy's bestie? Uh, Hermione. That's right. She was, like, the one that I just kept being, like, why would anyone like her? I know oh, for Lucy. What is I this? I know. It's like, what is the, is there a term for a, okay, so you have like a butter face of like someone with like a great body and like a, <laughs> like a dog face. What is the term for someone who's just like so beautiful, but so boring? The most bland. Like, yes. Uh, so yeah, I don't so even know. He, I'm trying to think what happens. Gregory. What what event Gregory are they at? goes Gregory goes to a party. It's a house party, right? So back in these times, people with like large estates would invite people over and be like, "Hey, come stay for a couple days. We'll go hunting, we'll go shooting, we'll have a dance and like everyone can stay at the manor house, right?" And they have to invite equal amounts of men and women so they can all be paired. And so Kate, Anthony's wife hosts one of these things and invites and it was like Gregory you have to come because I need men right and so he ends up meeting Hermione and Lucinda <laughs> at the at the house party I this was my least favorite book but I still really liked it don't worry I still really liked it it's just like it's at the bottom of the barrel for me well, you know what, though? I actually think that the Duke and I is at the very bottom of the barrel for me. But <laughs> for obvious wedding, reasons. Yeah, it's like number seven. See, um, this for me was like my probably like my fourth favorite book. So, well, because I enjoyed there are so many fun elements like it included like a masquerade. Of right. course, the will they, won't they? So what is his name? Gregory sees uh, Hermione, who is like the most beautiful, like eye-catching mm-hmm. girl there. And he immediately falls in love with her. It's like, like he, it's this, he goes into this idea of like, it's literally love at first sight. Well, in the meantime, she's feel or felt or has fallen in love with some, who is Rando. he? He's like, right, like works a, for her dad or something. And he's right, poor. Like a secretary, somebody that she can like <laughs> never marry kind of thing. Yeah. And Lucy's just kind of like, okay, yeah, well, whatever. Um, and she's basically supposed to be marrying, who she supposed to be marrying? Her it's just like a guy it's it's a or i think he's well is he an earl he's a fancy rich guy actually yes i think maybe he was an earl yeah so her she's been raised her and her brother have been raised by her uncle and her uncle is very cold and has sent her to school like finishing school but has basically made it very clear and like Lucy, this is what I struggled with with the book is mainly Lucy in that she seemed like a Kate repeat a little bit. Like I was a little bored where I was like, okay, you do have OCD for for sure. But I the just the self-sacrificing thing where 
it's not that she was immediately in love with Gregory. She actually was trying to force Gregory down Hermione's throat and like thought that she knew better and thought that she was going to, you know, save Hermione. So just the fact that she was such a martyr in that way, I'm like, okay, like I've seen this before. I mean, you're right, but the whole time, it's like she also thought she had someone, or she did, she had someone waiting on her. So it wasn't right. like, like with the Kate thing, Kate was like, I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life, and Edwina's going to have this man, where she's like, okay, like, you're going to have Gregory, but I'm going to have, like, a Earl who's going to, who who I've known or been promised to forever, which also, can you imagine what a concept, like, scout. At one year old, I will betroth thee to the two-year-old down the street. Like, my gosh. Well, and that was the other thing is just the pure practicality of it that she just never questions it at all. And Hermione even calls her out of like, you you don't let yourself have any fun because you're just like, like, whatever. Like, have a little fun, basically, which is rich coming from Hermione, who like has no fun ever. (laughs) So... Yeah, so uh, she's, of course, trying to help Gregory catch Hermione. She's kind of, like, getting a little bit of feelings, but she mm-hmm. doesn't really pay any attention. And then her brother shows up to whisk her away. Um, I, why is he whisking because her away? I don't remember. He's coming to be like, oh, by the way, you were going to have a season of fun, but uh, Uncle decided just to marry you off. Because, like, why should we pay for that if you're already just going to get married? But, listen, like them so her plotting with gregory i liked their like little back and forth i thought they had a cute little friendship but it really did like kind of put a smirch on my i don't know how to say this it was like it was kind of like the penelope colin thing where you're like i don't want you to have to ask him to kiss you like i wanted Gregory to get wise a little sooner just because I know in my heart if it was me it would really be tough for to get over the fact that he was like head over heels obsessed with my beautiful best friend and it's the only reason he was talking to me in the first place even if he got to me eventually I think I would still feel like second banana for a long time I absolutely agree with you because I would be the same way I feel like I can see it though where she goes the distance in the end julia quinn really pulls out all the stops to make you this truly believe that they are in love and i will give her that i will I'm, I'm but it's still think. hard it's still hard at first so <laughs> at some point there's a masquerade um what is her is her brother's name thomas all these like names are like randomly so, floating through my mind i'm like perhaps yeah her his, brother's called her brother shows up and then immediately gregory was like this kid is into Hermione oh and of course Lucy's like no yes we grew up together how could he be right and oh. like at, at some point Hermione and him disappear and they're all like oh somebody's like bumping uglies in the bushes we gotta find them and again Lucy's like no way and then they find him in the orangery and like they've been making out probably or whatever and so Kate basically is like y'all gotta get married <laughs> can you I mean it w- meanwhile the brother is like rubbing like, his little hands together like <laughs> <laughs> this is my plan all along mischief managed um yes so and then i guess from there like 
Gregory kind of has noticed Lucy a hair, but then it's like, oh, I obviously can't be with this woman. She's fixing to marry another man. So somehow throughout there, he kind of allows himself to see Lucy for who she is. Because though she's not like the most beautiful like Hermione, she has amazing wit and personality. And that's probably why I like her so much. Like you said, she is a lot like Kate. Right. Love Kate. I'm a Kate stand till I die kind of thing. Well, and that's that's the problem though is i just like kate so much more than i like lucy like good old lucy she's fine she really is but i do i'm just like i don't know i have issues with characters who have dogged loyalty to so many people who don't treat them well like hermione is constantly like basically using her as this fall person like pushing off people she doesn't want to talk to on lucy when or, she can't dance yes i love, I love that because every character in this freaking book are like phenomenal right. dancers and like hermione can't dance at all and like always faints like my ankle or whatever i know else. i was and happy lucy's, that lucy's like i'm sucked lucy's like i'm a great dancer yeah <laughs> like you go girl <laughs> that's right Dance your very graceful the and whatever else there are. but you know what Balls. i mean i'm like this girl is not your best friend she's just using you <laughs> i kind of it was it's definitely one of those like best friendships where it's like it's, they're not on even playing fields kind of thing you like, ain't never seen two pretty best <laughs> friends will i ever record an episode of this podcast without dropping some random no people? you will not <laughs> no you that's will not key, that's a key part of my personality Honestly, that's why we keep you around here. This, it's the best. <laughs> there will be many cultural references. Uh, all that said, does this man go the distance to prove his love? This is something I do like about Gregory. He is plainly a romantic. And all the other brothers were just like running from marriage. I mean, I yes. The turn of this book. This yeah, book. Yeah, like, it does. The last quarter was like. I- Phenomenal. I could not stop listening. I, like, you're right. The first part was interesting, but maybe not as catching. At the very end, you're like, Lucy goes, uh, what happens? Lucy is, like, betrothed to this Earl. She gets yeah. whisked away. They find and he's out- perfectly nice, but his father's a troll. Right. And they find out that, isn't, isn't he gay, I believe? He's gay, yeah. So he has, like, no interest in her. Um, and she's just kind of, like, resigning her life to this, like, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Her uncle tells her that um, she must do this for the family. And it comes to find out that her dad was a, was a uh, spy. Tre- yes, was yeah. committed treason. And so they're like, no, like, if you don't marry this man, they're going to like expose us. And like, not only am I going down, but you're not going to be marriageable. You're not right. going to have any money. Uh, your brother won't inherit the Earl. Earl, Earl and right. So it's like, it's just this big huge, basically like what's gonna happen totally so like gregory finally comes to his senses and they like get together but he felt he just knows that she's gonna leave this guy at the altar and then she doesn't she pulls it through and just like goes to the wedding so i the this, very you first must talk team, about colin you've got to talk oh about yeah, colin. yeah yeah so he I has to it. call up at one point he's like got a 
keep watch all night so you know to help lucy escape or so he thinks and he calls up colin and colin stays with him and i think they're even like sitting in a tree they sit in a tree for hours (laughs) waiting for lucy and they're like waiting for her to make a run for it she doesn't because unbeknownst Mm -hmm. to them she cannot because of these family secrets I was literally like, you know what? Thank you, Colin, for coming in and proving that you're a great brother. Although Gregory is kind of like a little bit of a dummy. I felt like at times loved him, but I was. (laughs) He reminded me of like a big lab puppy or something, like a golden retriever. That honestly is like a great example for him. He's very Um, sweet. I just also was kind of like the audacity (laughs) of a man scaling into an earl's house. To take away the innocence of a, I was like, what yeah. is happening? Like, you know what, though? I really loved the scenes in this book. And I'm like, oh, so cinematic. Like, if they ever get yes. this far with Netflix, <laughs> I would love to see a man in a cravat racing through the streets of London and barging into a church, sweating and panting. I would love to see him scaling a wall and singing Listen. a tree. I cannot wait to see the look on Lucy's face when she turns and he asks her to leave with no. him and she says, no. That uh, really did surprise me. I was like, oh, Julia, completely. Julia, what are you doing? She, Julia Quinn is like the queen of like taking a good trope and like, you know, fleshing it out and doing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I expected the yes. I yeah. was completely got away with. So yeah, so she says no. Um, the... Uh, the Earl that she's marrying is kind of like, okay, well, what you want to do here? It's kind of up to you. Like, we can get married. Like, whatever. Right. <laughs> um, what happens? She gets, I, I think she doesn't they, want to follow through with it exactly, right? They, I mean, they get married. But then, again, like, Gregory cannot let well enough alone. And he basically comes in and is like, you have not consummated this marriage. You can get it annulled. What the heck is going on? And basically kidnaps her <laughs> in the house <laughs> and forces her to tell him what the heck is really going on. And so he's like, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Like, he gets it. He does understand. And then it turns out the uncle is actually evil. And he was the traitor the whole time. It was never her father. And he's just covering his own butt. And but like, it's so dramatic and so i totally agree with you the last quarter of this book i'm like yes this is awesome um with her like i mean she gets taken i I also could not stop thinking about like she's already kind of an ocd anxiety ridden person a little bit i'm like the ptsd that this woman is gonna leave this day with oh my god you mean the fact that she's like tied up into a house right. she, she just married a man who will not consummate the marriage she was told that her father-in-law is going to her oh, there was I forgot so, about that there were so held at knife dramatic, point oh gun point <laughs> like Steve forced into a wedding uh, lied to told that her father had like committed all these horrible yeah. acts like and then thinks that she her sees heart. her own fiance either shot or having shot her uncle anyway it's great there's a lot of drama punch into the last little bit and i really enjoyed it um Uh, i'm i okay did you like the epilogue uh i'm trying to remember what was the original epilogue and then what was like the second epilogue because this but whatever one it is where she has the twins 
I loved and I was very touched by, by the, it. The, yeah, so like the the first one was talking about like I think maybe they literally had like seven or eight kids and then he's like, Okay, this is enough. Because it talks right. like he's a he's a fourth son. Yeah. He has like some money, but he really doesn't have like a ton of money. Yeah. But like she's like the two of them are both extremely fertile. And so yeah, she goes and like she's like, Well, I'm pregnant again and he's like, No and, yeah, I, and she's just popping them out. I can't imagine the hell on earth that, that would have been, honestly. <laughs> I'm just like oh my gosh yeah they end up having the twins but i it was really sad like she almost dies and it it was so endearing like of how he was grieving and like trying to support her and that whole thing my one little uh bugaboo was that they gave their children the worst names ever i don't remember any of their names lacy they literally named their nine children after all their siblings so just one generation just one generation down and not just i mean it wasn't just like eloise and francesca and everybody like that although they're in there it's also like they had a little hermione and a little um whatever her brother's name was and i'm just like that would be so confusing if every single one of them I think that definitely is for the times, but at the same time, you're absolutely right, where it's like, we don't need an Eloise that is 30 and an Eloise that is 10. No. It is not necessary. And, yeah, it's for the time, but also, like, the Bridgertons don't have, their names are not, like, Mary, Peter, and Paul. Like, they're a little, they're one step beyond and more a little more interesting so yeah i was like really and hyacinth turns up in that second epilogue and she really is like rip raring full hyacinth i also loved hyacinth's presence in this book and how like at first when she thinks that they're gonna be together she totally takes lucy under her wing but then as soon as she sniffs out that like she might chicken out she's like you're a coward and i'm like wow kind of love you hyacinth <laughs> went from literally like cutting from them and like ripping her dress and then fixing it to immediately like calling her out and being like yes. i despise you for how you're doing my brother the things came out i absolutely love her for standing up for her brother like that i was like oh yes girl you know what i've been the terrifying sister and i will probably be the terrifying sister again so i understand oh i love i was pure sad to get to the end like the last book and be like no oh i will definitely be going deeper down the rabbit hole i didn't actually listen to all the second epilogues because I listened to one of them and I got a spoiler in it and I was like, okay, not doing this again. So I kind of picked and chose what I listened to. So I need to go back and listen to some of those. Um, But yeah, go ahead and rate the books. Are we rating the siblings? Are we rating siblings or are we rating the books? Um, I'll just say do the books. Or ranking, I should say. instead of Ranking. Okay, you're right. So my favorite was Anthony's book two mm-hmm. uh, followed by Eloise followed by actually I think I'm going to say followed by Benedict followed okay. by Francesca Gregory um who's left Hyacinth and then Colin is that all one yeah two, Colin three, four, five, oh and six. the Duke and oh, I Daphne 
<laughs> okay, Daphne's above Colin, but so she's number seven for me. Colin, I'm sorry, but you're the worst. So I struggled with the Duke and I, and that's going to be my last one. But I, I struggled with my, the Duke and I because I'd already seen the show and I don't like rereading plots. But and it was also really long. So I was like, I can't in good faith spend 13 hours listening to something that I rem- I know exactly what's going to happen. Do you feel like why is more, it so low for you? Mine was more because it just it focused so much on like the virginity and the yeah. ignorance of it. And I don't disagree with that that was probably true mm-hmm. for the time period. But at the same time. I just, it also hurts me to like read about like, right. I, like I felt like she was such an idiot. Like, yeah. and it's not fair to her character necessarily, but at the same time, I'm just like, I'm sorry. You cannot yeah. be this dumb or surely you would have overheard something. Surely a, a Cinefarm animal. Right. Something. Yeah. yeah. So that was obnoxious to me. Yep. Okay. So I'll start from the bottom. Okay. I would say number eight is the duke and i number seven is um gregory number six is mm, number six is francesca number five is penelope and colin number four is benedict number three is hyacinth Number two is Anthony, and number one is Eloise. Well, what do you know? We both love. <laughs> I this is Anthony and Eloise. I cannot wait for their seasons. We're supposed to be getting at least four seasons. If they do not give me Eloise's season, I I'm gonna be really sad. I re- I truly will be. I hope you're right. You had a good theory. You want to share your theory? But what they might mm. be. I was talking to my friend Sam. Um, shout out to Samantha. And she has also read all of these books recently. And she said that she felt like they were going to start intermingling the plot lines of the books. Um, and so it wouldn't be so focused like the Duke and I was. And I mean, there were some different plot lines going on in the Duke and I, but they were all kind of like more manufactured like didn't really have anything to do with the other siblings necessarily you know but they were sowing the seeds I guess and I think that that will continue and that they will especially because like Colin Eloise and Francesca their stories are happening all at the same time so I definitely there think that there will t- be a starring role in every single one but I don't think it will be as intense as the books are I think too. I'm not sure if they were expecting the level of success that they right. received. Right. So it's like, like I mean, the two of us pointed out like the fatal flaw kind of in the like you know Anthony that they made in the first season regarding Anthony that kind of like takes away from like the whole premise. So mm-hmm. it would definitely make sense to kind of start overlapping, introducing characters here and there. Um, they did the same thing with Shadow and Bone. They brought like two different series together and yeah. it worked very well, even though it didn't go 100% according to the uh, books. But like it really can work. So I hope they will do that so we can be, so we can see all eight of the siblings. And the only thing yeah. is they're going to have to work with the ages because we've got, like I said, that like 18 year age gap. Yeah, they're going to have to do some recasting, I think. Um, I will say that like 
once I finish the books and I love them so much, I do wish that maybe maybe there's like a slightly less camp in the show. Just a little bit. Like, I don't need the stuff with the queen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't need I, that. Yes, I kind of hope they'll kind of shelf yeah. some of these bigger, less important ideas. Of just bring us the actual family and exactly. some of the drama around them. It, exactly. So, but I am very excited for that season two. Okay. Me too. I'm actually wanting to go back and watch the first one again. <laughs> All righty. Well, it's been real, Julia Quinn, and I will be back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some more. Yes, go for the Smith Smith. Rokesby's also good. Bevel, Sto- Bevel Stoke. They're all good, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just ones that I've read. Alrighty. Well, bye. See ya.